afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield broadcasting today from the Wheat Quality Council annual meeting that is taking place in Kansas City, Missouri. No surprise, a lot of talk about what's been going on in this wheat, not only market-wise, but how this winter wheat crop will or will not do once it comes out of dormancy. But there's a whole other layer that's going on with these markets besides the weather, which, of course, the drought out west is a big topic we're going to hit on. But we're going to talk about this marketing process. I mean, there's so many things happening right now in the world. The big picture on this is really, do you need to sell today? Um, Is there the opportunity for you to be able to hold on to these crops just a little bit more? We don't know what acre numbers are going to do. We don't know what the drought out west is going to do. The drought for many of us in our own backyard. Add to it what we're seeing feed cost wise with raising these livestock. Lots that we're going to look at today as we bring into the conversation Darren Fry. He's with Water Street Solutions and I got to start out with that. Marketing the process. I think right now it's too easy, I think, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Darren, but I think it's too easy to get caught up in the emotions of what are happening in these crops, especially when we look what's happening globally. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of people are are really excited about the prices that we have, but they're also full of fear because of what inputs are doing, the uncertainty of what's happening in Russia, Ukraine. The problems that South America has just gone through, I mean, typically, I mean, you don't think of them having a drought to this level, this catastrophic level, but certainly Brazil has really uh, been through it this, this, this growing season. And, and you put on top of that just, you know, hey, we're coming into this 2022 La Nina double year in a row, and remember what happened in 11 and 12, and so that's in everybody's memory banks, and we're pretty dry out west. The south and west part of the plains especially. A lot of snowpack up in the northern plains. So will they be delayed in getting spring going? And then, hey, do beans take over some of those fringe acres around the, the, the heart of the Corn Belt? So with all that uncertainty, farmers are looking for, like, what should I do and what is the biggest rock to move first, leaving the little rocks for later? All right, so you say that. What are the biggest rocks? What should we really be putting our focus on in our marketing efforts at this point? Well, I think the longer term is, is I, you know, I don't know what the listeners have marketed, but as we add clients to our market advisory service, we're finding a lot of people uh, maybe have uh, too much sold, and, and they're concerned about that because of not just the quantity they have sold, but the levels they have it sold at. And so... You know, they're they're asking questions about, you know, hey, I don't want to miss out on these prices. These prices are real good, but I'm kind of fearful because I already got a lot sold. And so I think just taking a step back and, and just deciding, uh, hey, do I need to do anything more here ahead of spring? We, we have kind of an acreage battle unfolding, and maybe we'll have a clearer picture of what we should do once we get into May and June and a little better idea of what this weather pattern is going to be like, especially for the Western Corn Belt. So maybe hitting the pause button and just waiting. For those guys that maybe are aggressively sold, maybe they need to look at a call option strategy or something to reopen the top side because I'm one that thinks that we still have higher to go into this April, May, June time frame, both corn, soybeans, and wheat. Well, there's a lot of uh, interesting things, obviously, that are happening within this picture of the markets. And, and you've, you've put out some interesting uh, tweets as of late to talk about this bull market in the soybeans. As South America, numbers aren't where they thought they were even just a week ago in this crop. 
No, that Susan, that is exactly right. And one of the tweets I put out this morning was just the spreads. I mean, when you see March beans now trading five cents over May and the Mays are trading over the Julys and the Julys are trading over the August and the Augusts are trading over the September. I mean, it's just a perfect uh, escalator, right? Just up the stairs. And instead of it being carry, it's inverted. And so what that's saying is, is, hey, we have a shortage of beans right here up front compared to what we normally would have. And that's right in the middle of soybean harvest in Brazil. That's around 35% moving rapidly to 50%. And so what's happening right now is just unbelievable and unheard of and unprecedented. So, you know, there's just no, um, you know, hurry to just run out and sell more. I, I think there might be an opportunity to reown something if a guy feels like they're leveraged too much on the sales side. Darren, you talk about these acreage numbers, and obviously what happens this spring might have determination as to whether we see corn versus bean versus wheat, um, maybe even looking for a completely different crop to put in the ground because of input costs and, and dryness. Well, especially out in the West, I mean, I don't know about this hard red winter wheat crop. I mean, I've heard so many horror stories. We know conditions have fallen down. Some people might have to tear it up and plant milo or soybeans or something that does well under, you know, non-irrigated conditions. But um, I think in the I-States, people stick pretty much to rotations. But I think it is around the fringe where we're going to see more cotton acres, more rice acres, more bean acres. Because I think beans need to grab some acres with what's happened in South America. And I think the farmers in those fringe areas, really everything outside of Minnesota and the three I-states, especially west where you're drier, are going to be planting more beans. And I think corn is going to have a hard time getting the acres. I see a lot of estimates, 92, 93, 94 even. But, man, I don't know. Could this be a year where beans end up having more acres than corn? I mean, could it be? Because it looks like beans are trying to buy acres the way they're acting in new crop values. Yeah, those prices are absolutely crazy. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Stick around, folks. We do have more coming up as we continue. It is the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about those bean prices. Just a few days ago, we were talking about, wow, we could hit 16. And now the question is, could we hit 17? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what's happening on the livestock side as well as feed costs are also a factor in their input costs. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Here is another Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish with Fontenelle Hybrids featuring another dealer for our network. We're going to visit with Terry Kachera from Bassett, Nebraska. And Terry, tell us a little bit about your dealership and working for Fontenelle. Well, Joe, I've been a dealer for Fontenelle since 1972. During my career as a seed dealer and farmer in Nebraska, I've seen a lot of change. As genetics and technology progress through the years and decades, Fontenelle has always been as progressive as any seed company that I've ever been around. Terry, any advice that you've learned through all these years of dealing with Fontenelle? I've always said uh, in farming, you're always going to make mistakes. You know, in most mistakes, you just can't help. You know, it's the weather or machine breakdown or pivot blows over or something like that. Uh, hybrid selection really isn't one that you should have to worry about. And Fontenelle always stands well, always yields well, and is fairly priced. That's Terry Kuchera from Bassett, Nebraska. To learn more about products or to become a dealer, just go to fontenelle.vn.
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fry with Water Street Solutions. So we got to talk about this, Darren, because we kind of hinted about it the first half. You know, $16 beans, we all were excited that we're thinking, wow, we could see beans at $16. Now the next question is, wow, could we see beans hit 17 with the way it's been trading the last couple of days? Well, I really think we could. In fact, um, my upside targets here just in the next three to five days would be seventeen twenty-two, and that's off the May contract. And then, you know, we'll have a pullback and then probably another wave higher and then a pullback, another wave higher. But I think we still have a few of those up and down sequences to go before we see a top in place. And timing-wise, I think that's going to be out in April, May, maybe even as late as June, July here in these markets. So time will tell. Well, that will depend on how spring goes, how acreage battles go, and all that. But uh, old crop beans could really light it up still. All right. Well, speaking of uh, old, let's switch to the other side, and that's the new crop, both corn and beans. Without the selling like you and I talked about in the first segment, where could we see these prices go, considering everything that's happening in the world? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, if you look at the November chart here on soybeans, you came out of a contracting triangle. That contracting triangle started in June of last year, and it ended in early December of last year. So it was in a triangle, a sideways pattern for, let's say, six months. And usually you have one more move of the sequence after you end the triangle. Triangles always precede the last move of that sequence. And now we're moving up. And so uh, my, my second target was 1477. We have achieved that. And I'm looking up to, you know, 1578 to 1640 for new crop beans. We'll see. We take them one day at a time, one, you know, wave at a time, one target at a time. But I don't think we have complete wave structure. Momentum is still good. I have to look higher to the next target, and that would be 1578. All right. There's been so much concern, too, about, you know, we've heard about the input cost discussion on the grain side of it. But what about the input costs on the livestock side? Because somebody's got to be buying this grain to be able to feed the livestock. Yeah, that's that's absolutely <laughs> right. Um, you know, I, I know that hog prices are going up. I believe cattle are going to continue to move higher, but not at the pace the hogs have. But I do think that these higher grain prices will lead meats higher, and I have some longer-term counts on cattle. Um, you know, in the next 18 to 24 months, we can have cattle at 209, and they're at 140-something. So um, can that happen? I think it can. I think we've reduced the herd sizes here. We know the drought last year, a lot of cow-calf pairs got liquidated, and I really think that meats have not participated like they could in all this logistical and pandemic talk, and I think that is yet to come. But in the meantime, I think guys have to have their grain purchased, and if they haven't done you know, some, some strategy around how do we secure grain and procure that at reasonable cost, I'd still recommend that at least out through July, August, because I think we have higher prices until we see what this next crop is going to be like. Once we confirm we got a crop, okay, we go down into fall. But until then, we could be adding weather premium here all the way into June, July. And I think having that discussion of whether you're going to keep some of these either older cows or some of these younger heifers because you may not have the feedstuffs to be able to throw them out on pasture. 
Well, that's right. I mean, we know hay acres are what? The lowest they've been in 120 years. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we had that drought last year. And while the northern plains look a little bit better now, the western and southern, man, they've been just, it's been brutal. And talking to my weather guys, they don't see that changing. They see that drought strengthening over the next 30 to 45 days, being warmer and drier than normal. And that just doesn't bode well here as we break dormancy for wheat, as we start to get those pastures to green up and uh, try to get some feed for these animals. Well, we are two weeks out from Commodity Classic. That's when you and I will get the chance to have this conversation once again from actually New Orleans. Having said that, over the next two weeks, what's the key things that our guys need to be watching for? Well, I think that we have uh, just some opportunities here. Uh, Still on the upside, I think it's going to be ebb and flow, but we're going to go higher. And I'm just not a big fan of, of extending, you know, a lot more sales out until we have more information come spring. Same thing on the livestock side. I'm, I'm bullish hogs. This is a strong seasonal into Memorial Day. And if a guy wants to hedge, he can. But, you know, I'd cover it with call options and I'd keep that upside open because I think we have more risk for the market to go up than for the market to go down. That doesn't mean don't sell. It just means be aware if you sell, you might hate that sale two weeks from now because it's higher. That's why you might want a call option in place. That's lots of good things that we have talked about today. Darren, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, you can always look me up on Twitter. At, my handle is fry underscore uh, WSS, or they can call us here, our toll-free line, and that's 866-249-2528. All right, that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, a reminder to folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check this out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. That has been the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.